Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to episode 185 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host, David. I have with me... Shiver me timbers. Sex. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I was trying to find something leg-related, and that was the first thing that came to mind. Fair, fair enough. For those that don't know, I'm currently on crutches and hopping, and um, Dave is mean. <laughs> Oh, well, yes, hopefully you won't be on crutches for too much longer. So Hopefully, because if nothing else, my Beat Saber withdrawal symptoms are getting pretty serious by this point. I'm now watching other play beats, people play Beat Saber on Twitch. Ah, uh, no, no. I, weirdly, I, I actually have had a chance to play Beat Saber now, because in the intervening time since you were last on the show, I got a PSVR, and the same week I got a PSVR, Beat Saber happened to come out on it. So I've been playing it on that as well, which is been awesome and now you're one of us yes totally <laughs> yeah. and you will never stop playing it no that's, it, that's it, basically what happens now that's, that's that's it once you start playing yeah done. It, it is by far the most fun game i think on the psvr it, there are a few other things and as a, as a piece of tech it's it's quite good but it's limited in some of the uh, the games that you can get for it whereas star trek bridge crew is quite good fun but yeah, mm. Beat Saber. Yeah, you've got you've got Wipeout. That's pretty lovely to play on the PSVR. That's one of the ones I'm sad is not on the Oculus and uh, Battlezone, the one with tanks that looks a bit like Tron. Yes, that's quite good fun as well. Yeah, there's quite there's quite a few nice titles out there. You have to kind of hunt through a little bit. VR is still such a in in its kind of early days as a as a mainstream medium that you do have to hunt through and find things. There's a lot of first person shooter on rails type things to kind of go through to find some yes. of the more interesting titles. Uh, and obviously, I think I think, it was, I think Winlands is out on the PSVR as well. Not sure, okay. but something there is there is some indie stuff as well. I will have to go and have another look through the store and see what else I can pick out. So, what apart from hopping around, what have you been doing? Mostly hopping around. It has to be <laughs> said. Um, yeah, I was up with the guys from Replay Events over the weekend that run Play Expo. They had their Christmas party. <laughs> I'm still tired. I have to say <laughs> that was quite good fun. We had a nice geek and retro gaming themed quiz and uh, a long night out and I was one of the sensible ones and I'm still too tired today and it's Monday so <laughs> I think that gives you an idea which is pretty cool uh, I also went to the Marvel Avengers station experience in London yes. with a mixed results yeah weirdly I mean Grey was on last week and you had almost exactly the same kind of feeling about it so 
Yeah, that's a bit of a shame. I'm sort of glad I didn't go down to it now because I was busy doing other things, and but I was originally thinking about coming down to it and I'm glad I didn't spend the money. Yeah, well, as I said in the video, I think that the fact it's mostly an experience and set dressing and it's sort of just about being cool and being in a good environment rather than actually being any kind of exhibition or going into anything in, in any real depth. There's a lot of text, but I have been told by someone else that if you actually read all that text, it's quite old. Really? Because the exhibition experience rather that's in LA it's two years old right yeah, yeah so a chunk of that text is from a good few years ago as well but I mean the big LA one has got I mean the set dressing on that it's like standing in a movie set so I think that's where a lot of the mm. enjoyment comes from it is like being inside a movie set and being inside a space station or a, um, a real lab or something like that and yeah obviously when you change that into a, a traveling format that's going around the world it's really hard to translate it and I think it just hasn't quite got there there's some there's some good bits some cool photo opportunities and so forth but it wasn't quite what I was hoping for yeah you see I mean if they've been sensible about this they should have organized it with one of the comic cons and run it alongside that would have seemed like the most sensible way to do it rather than because I think it ends before London Comic Con again next year so yeah it ends at the end of March I believe and it's just on yeah in London I believe as well they're just keeping it because it's outside the XL in a kind of big tenty type thing that they've put together yeah, and you kind of think yeah. if that had, if they'd kept that, held that off maybe a little bit and done it so it actually ran into like MCM London in May, that might make a little bit more sense. I mean, I know there are other comic cons around there, but that's sort of mm. the big one. So I think as well with making it an experience they needed to I mean I did hear rumours they'd put out casting calls originally were considered bringing in some actors and cosplayers and things and I think that would have made a difference as well mm. to make it far more interactive on that level and something where especially kids could interact with people in cosplay dressed as those characters or learn about facts from the characters and that I think would have helped a lot because they quite sort of bigged up the interactiveness of it but actually in the London one Not a it lot. was quite it was quite limited in what you could interact with and um, I, I showed videos of some of the interactive screens where it just kind of changed some text and it felt like that they'd picked the simplest things to travel with rather than things that necessarily showed off what they could do right yes that's a shame oh well so uh, what, what else have you been doing lots of hopping <laughs> i mentioned hopping um, yeah. lots of sitting still uh lots of watching back catalogues of things um <laughs> Rewatching lots of old sci-fi and, and anime and stuff, like rewatching some old original Star Trek Next Generation and um, nice. and other things like that. Just going through things, being being stuck sitting down watching stuff is is kind of good in some ways and kind of starts to drive me mad in others <laughs> especially when most of my brain is just sort of like a little tiny voice in the back of my head saying but you want to be playing VR right now <laughs> you just got serious Sam VR oh you can't play it oh dear <laughs> I've told you before it's not a good idea to listen to that voice in your head all the time <laughs> it, it mostly tells me to play VR occasionally you know go on a rampage and take over the world but mostly it just talks about VR so I think we're okay <laughs> Um, but yeah, just just sort of rewatching a lot of old sci-fi and um, sci-fi anime and, and things like that, really. Oh well, at least rewatching old Star Trek is good preparation for when the Picard series comes out. And it's always good fun. It doesn't get old. No, that's some, true. Some series is like that kind of. They just have good staying power, and yeah. even the t bits of them that do come across as kind of cheesy and somewhat with a looking back on it with, with hindsight, it it's still all very lovable. Yes, I do need to go back to them at some point. It's been difficult for me this week because there's not that much new stuff 
stuff coming out. There's been a few things and there's been a few things to ending. And there has been a lot of trailers this week as well. So the one new show I did get through was uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Second season of that came out. One of the funniest comedies I've watched in a very, very long time. And the second season continues that. This is the one that comes from the creators of The Gilmore Girls. If you like The Gilmore Girls, you will like this. It has very much the same beats and the same writing and that sort of similar dialogue of you know people talking very fast and and the jokes are coming 100 miles a minute sometimes um i just hilariously funny i would thoroughly recommend people go and watch that it's on amazon prime if you uh, if you want to go and catch the second season of that also on the comedy front the good place had its mid-season finale this week uh, you may have heard the show a few weeks ago where we mentioned that the good place had its finale we were actually wrong about that because it, uh, it, it ended at such a perfect point that you would have thought that was the finale and it and they've not it was just a break for um thanksgiving in the u.s and they've put out one more episode and now it is off until january so um that finished with a with a great episode which had lots of janets in it which is always good fun so um i i'm i honestly think that's the other really really decent comedy if you haven't caught have you watched any of the good place yet i haven't no i got caught up in all of my watching retro stuff and things recently that i've not actually been watching much new stuff i feel that's probably a terrible missed opportunity all yes. the times i'm like i don't have time to watch all these new things and i've actually spent i was just comfort watching i think <laughs> well i was just comfort watching <laughs> well well matt always says if he's feeling down he's not having a good day he always goes and watches episodes of the good place so i would recommend i will prescribe you episodes of the good place to uh, maybe brighten your day up that will be the thing that i would go it and watch. sounds medicinal and wholesome yes it sounds friendly it's absolutely brilliant if you haven't seen it yet it's on netflix and uh, you can go watch this two seasons well two and a half seasons now i guess because it's on its third season so uh two and a half seasons you can go and binge your way through and they're only half hour episodes well worth going to watch it's really good in terms of trailers there was a a trailer drop for a new comedy called miracle workers which stars daniel radcliffe and steve buscemi daniel radcliffe as an angel who deals with prayers and Steve Buscemi as God, who is sort of God that has checked out and he's he's far more interested in spending his days doing like, you know, games and puzzles and stuff and really isn't interested in this whole earth thing. And uh, it evolves around a, a prayer that uh, somebody's put out to bring this couple together apparently but um it looks brilliant it's only a little trailer but uh, i'm i'm very much hoping it's not been picked up in the uk either yet but i'm very much hoping somebody takes that because it looks very very funny and um, steve buscemi is god who could not want to watch that that sounds like a brilliant idea to me it's the obvious casting i don't know why it hasn't been done before yes totally there was a trailer for the umbrella academy that came out this week as well now this was a show you'd definitely be looking forward to yes i wanted slightly more of a trailer than that it was just kind of telling me the premise that I already knew. Yes. Um, it's kind of it's more of a teaser, really. That it one. is. Yes. It's, it's a little teaser trailer. I'm I'm looking forward to it a lot. I think it's going to be very interesting to see something that's rather than some of the stuff we've seen on Netflix, which has been like you know a slightly darker take on some comic booky type stuff and the dark kind of comic book stuff they've been putting out there. This is a comic book that was written as slightly counter to the superhero genre in its yeah. inception. So I'm interested to see how that's portrayed and how that's picked up as well by the the general Netflix watching crowds if they. Mm 
jump on board with this or if they aren't quite sure what to make of it um because it is quite different in some ways to yeah a lot of the other stuff they're putting out yeah and the original book had a very interesting art style as well uh, so i did wonder how mm. that would sort of translate across because yeah with normal kind of graphic novels and stuff you can sort of very much depict the characters um and how they might work in live action whereas this is because it's quite stylized in the book i i did wonder how that was going to come across but they seem to have done a reasonable job of it from the little clip that you you saw i thought so yeah i'm, yeah. I'm very we much will have to, to see that. with that one but it does look really interesting and i'm just quite impressed that they're picking up licenses like that because they aren't the obvious choices that are going to be easy bank money they're things that a lot of the general public won't have heard of compared to kind of like your, your daredevils and so forth that are much more in in the public knowledge yeah and i mean it's an interesting enough concept i think for a show it's uh for, for those that haven't read or seen anything about the umbrella academy it's based around these bunch of kids that are adopted born to women who had shown no signs of pregnancy before seven of them are adopted by this sort of billionaire industrialist and um, he turns them into a super team as kids later on they all end up getting back together when um, he passes on and they all sort of end up coming together at his funeral and uh, their lives have all kind of spun off in various different directions so there's some friction when they all kind of get back together and they end up getting back into the superhero business i guess it's got ellen page in it as one of the characters um from x-men and juno and inception tom hopper from game of thrones and merlin and uh, robert shinnan from misfits and fortitude is also in there as well so uh, it's a really really solid cast i'm very much looking forward to seeing where that goes that's out on the 15th of february that lands on netflix and the other big trailer, of course, this week, Avengers Endgame. I'm assuming you've managed to watch this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a small little film, but I thought I might <laughs> give that a watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I I thought the trailer for this was phenomenal. All the feels. <laughs> Start off with sort of Tony floating around in space recording kind of possible dying messages to, to family and things. I, I mean, I, I'm so looking forward to this. It looks absolutely phenomenal. Can't wait to see where they sort of end up. Having only watched Ant-Man and Wasp recently, it was nice to see uh, Ant-Man turn up in that as well, I thought. He does turn up and basically say, hi, I'm your comic relief, effectively. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, so I thought, well, they've definitely cemented how he's going to fit into this film. Fair mm. enough. Have you seen that people kept tweeting NASA to ask them to go help Tony? Yes. NASA responded as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which brilliant. I thought was great fun. Sort of like the ultimate 4 4 breaking. Go, go and help him out. Yes. Why are you Tony floating in space. He's only got oxygen until the morning. Yes. I saw that. Uh, I, speaking of Twitter, we should also mention your meme as well. Which which meme? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> uh, One of your lovely Resho Gamer friends turned you into a meme, which was hilarious. <laughs> the problem is there's two of the things now. Yeah, well, I've, I've discovered something which will turn YouTube videos into uh, little meme clips, so I'm very much planning on, on going oh, to create dear. some more of them later on. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, is, uh, on my last Q&A video for 2,000 subscribers, I got loads of other YouTubers and people I know to send in video questions and I pulled a apparently quite comical face in the, you put numerous in, quite comical faces I think so yeah I can't help it that's just my face that's not me pulling a face that's just my face and um yeah that I, I 
I pull a very confused face and that got turned into a gif that's sort of slightly, thankfully not taken off too much on Twitter. Yes. And uh, then somebody else made one out of my um, Rimmer Red Dwarf salute video. Ah, yes, I remember. So there's yeah. a little clip of that. But the, the the first little meme that got made of me was from EGX Resed. Right. Where I'd put up a picture of me where I've run and sort of jumped and hugged this giant inflatable green tentacle in the uh, indie tentacle. <laughs> oh yes and, I know the uh, one you mean yeah <laughs> and yeah one of the the podcast groups that I've done some work for added the text still a better love story than Twilight <laughs> inflatable tentacle and that that made its way around Instagram a little bit but thankfully I'm not important enough for these things to actually go very far <laughs> it's, it's only people that are already laughing at my face that are laughing at my face out of the gift format so Aww. I think I'm safe Oh, but you know, if you want to go and spread those around, they are on on the Trista Bites Twitter feed. If you want to go and find those, uh, thank you, you very much. That's, you're quite welcome. Um, <laughs> moving on, uh, it was the Game Awards this week, and there were a number of of trailers for um, upcoming games. One I'm very excited about is called The Outer Worlds from Obsidian. Who Obsidian were the people who made the original Fallout, not Fallout Three, not the Bethesda stuff. Uh, Bethesda are not having a good week. These are the people that made uh, they made Fallout New Vegas actually in the sort of modern 3D stuff but it's the team that made the original isometric 3D games so it's the team behind that who are at Obsidian now and um, they've made this thing called The Outer Worlds. Uh, it's described as blending Firefly and Fallout into a new sort of open-ended sci-fi RPG. So, you know, it, it's very much the sort of Fallout kind of style, walking up to people and trading things and answering questions and that sort of stuff. But it has this kind of space sci-fi, Firefly kind of aesthetic to it as well, uh, along with that sort of Fallout kind of kitschy 50s vibe. It looks fabulous. I'm, I don't know when it's coming out, yet but it really looks interesting so if you've not caught the trailer for that go and look at it because I, I think that looks brilliant I think that's already on my self-banned list along with things like wow because whenever something looks that good and it has open-ended in the word yeah. I probably shouldn't be allowed on it or well, I will not do any work ever again well yes I mean the, the problem with World of Warcraft is the fact that it is completely open-ended at least with this mm. there is a finite kind of story in it so okay, then I'm safe so, I'm so, safe. Yeah. I might you, still be able to retain my job and income. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm very much the same. The I get like, you know, when a, a new RPG comes out, I get very little work done because I can just go and play for a bit in the afternoon. It's like when, uh, what was the last thing that came out? Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. It's like you might have noticed a drop in posts on the website while we're at Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> As was... in there were none unless they were related to Red Dead Redemption or they looked like they could have been automated. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did, I did do some of it, but there is sort of, you know, there might be a slight delay in some news getting onto the website when when an RPG like that comes out. Um, the other, I mean, another one that's coming out from Bioware, uh, they teased a Dragon Age Four, which I'm very much looking to, forward to because I really love the Dragon Age franchise. So uh, that's another huge open-ended RPG game. So uh, don't really give a huge amount away in the Dragon Age Four trailer, but uh, yeah, that looks interesting. And there's, I, I don't really do 
do the Far Cry games, but there is a new Far Cry game that is sort of a, a direct continuation from Far Cry 5. So it's called Far Cry New Dawn. There's that one coming out as well, which again seems to have taken a bit of a kind of Fallout feel to it because it's a bit post-apocalyptic, which is, is really interesting. There's sort of a couple of games that have got that kind of Fallout aesthetic, given that Bethesda are, are in the doghouse at the moment for completely screwing up Fallout 76, uh, including managing to leak personal details of of a lot of people that had sent uh, support tickets in and there was like one guy one other player of the game was getting all the support tickets including credit card information and personal details so that's not good (laughs) it's terrifying but these things can happen to the best of companies and we've seen other huge and even bigger companies yeah you know have this kind of technical things or or leave laptops without passwords on trains and whatnot it's just that the the ability for human error is um not something we can really escape until skynet takes over (laughs) yeah very true um I, i mean this is on top of the fact that you know fallout 76 has been widely panned by quite a lot of people that have been playing it for for various reasons and uh yeah so so bethesda's gone in the space of about a month gone from being a very very highly regarded gaming company to uh the uh bottom of the pile so uh yeah hopefully they can pull that back i hope but we'll we'll have to wait and see the other thing of course at the moment which is still running right now is the The Geek Town Awards. So, uh, yes, that is running right now. Uh, you, you can go and enter in the Geek Town Awards. Uh, I would play out the prize list, but it's about a minute long. So uh, you will have heard it last week. Uh, if you want to enter the Geek Town Awards, you can go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. The prize is worth... 700 actually probably more than definitely over 700 pounds at this point because i keep on adding things to it uh there's a couple more dvds gone in recently including ant-man and wasp and the fallout movie the recent fallout movie uh and before you ask no you're not eligible bex so (laughs) damn it you do this to me every year dave (laughs) well i you know you're more useful as as kind of being on the podcast than you are winning prizes so you know (laughs) Uh, you lie but thank you (laughs) uh there is also a runner-up prize which is worth 125 pounds as well so which you can't win which i'm also not allowed yeah yes but like hopefully someone else someone listening to us right now will get all that awesome stuff and they can enjoy it and hopefully they'll post up on the internet so i can enjoy it vicariously yes yes so uh, yeah if you want to go and uh, enter that all you've got to do is uh, go on answer the questions on the awards which are are just what were your favorite various tv shows and stuff from lists and once you submit your answers you're entered into the competition that's it that's all you have to do so uh, no complicated stuff on there it's really straightforward the Geek Town Awards, which is geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. I remembered one more thing I did. Oh, go on. What was the one more thing you did? Just, I, I remembered because I looked at my own YouTube videos list. <laughs> and, um, an hour before I ended up in A&E with my leg because the pain of walking on it for a couple of weeks had reduced me to tears whenever I tried to even put any weight on my foot. Um, I interviewed one of the guys from Numskull. Oh, cool. Of course I did that. I can remember that. It doesn't feel like an age away because I've been hopping around for so long. Um, yeah, Numskull do really awesome geek 
themed stuff, including really, really good, funny, geeky Christmas jumpers and loads of other stuff. But they've just started making quarter scale arcade cabinets, completely playable quarter scale arcade cabinets. Um, And yeah, the first one is Pac-Man. And one of the guys, Ryan, came around and let me play on the prototype for the Pac-Man Numskull Quarter Arcade. And we did an interview. Yeah, it was really cool, actually. It's, I didn't really get to play much Pac-Man or arcade games as a child. It's a sub story I tell quite often. <laughs> so it was, it was really cool to have it and to feel like a giant while playing it. <laughs> uh, yes hence your obsession with playing games now it's just, it was a deprived childhood it, it was it was they just just arcades were not something i really got to do i got to occasionally play a street fighter 2 cabinet uh, if i'd been good after my swimming lessons you do realize i'm, go- I'm going to put a, like a, a a sad violin sound under this <laughs> once a week if i was very very good i could have one one go a single go with my brother on the street fighter arcade cabinet <laughs> and a packet of what's it out of the vending machine if I've been really good. That's, that's pretty much my entire arcade experience as a small child. They were something I thought was wondrous and um, didn't really get to do. So yeah, getting to play on the little quarter scale one was really really cool because it's like being in the arcades but you get to be a giant and that's kind of win-win yes totally they wouldn't let me keep it i tried to steal it but (laughs) it kind of shows up when you put like an arcade cabinet down your top and try and run away (laughs) yes no i imagine he would it's not a great hiding place i don't think i i I think that might stand out slightly yeah and i told them i was gonna do it which didn't help either i'm not not a master thief no no you've not got this criminal thing down at all (laughs) I, I would make a rubbish Catwoman. I'll, I'll stop interrupting the flow of this podcast now and we'll go back to the uh, TV and film news. Yes. So we kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations, and pickups. The first one we have is Titans finally has got a UK air date. This is the uh, DC Titans show. It is coming to Netflix on the 11th of January, which is is way after it's been aired in the US, but at least it's coming finally. I'm very much looking forward to this airing. I've managed to avoid mostly spoilers for it, so uh, I'm I'm hopefully uh, not going to be too shocked by what I see, but uh, it seems to have gone down fairly well from what I can see in the uh, uh, from from the little bits I've managed to glint from the US press. I'm I'm curious as to why it's just called Titans, why they haven't sort of gone full teen Titans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious as for that if that means they're going to be slightly older, slightly more serious take on it, and kind of the attitude towards it, or or what difference that's going to make, or if they just thought it sounded cooler. Um, but I've, I've totally avoided all spoilers and all information on this one. I want to watch, just watch it raw and make my own opinion up on it as I go along. So yeah, I've not been reading any press on it because it's all going to be spoilery. I know it's all going to be spoilery. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be because the team makeup is closer to the current DC Titans book, whereas Teen Titans in the books are, are currently run by Damian Wayne. is the lead character for that because he's current Robin. So I wonder if it's, if it's to do with that and they thought it would easier to brand. Plus they've got Teen Titans car- a cartoon series and stuff. So yeah, maybe... which was an excellent cartoon series. That yes, was, uh, there's a lot of not, love for that. Not at all just for kids. Yeah, that's 11th of January on Netflix that arrives. Narcos Mexico has been renewed for a second season, which I don't think comes as a great shock, given that it's Narcos and it seems to have gone down extremely well. It's only been out on Netflix about a month, so uh, well, well worth going to watch, though, if you've not watched the first season of that. Season two is incoming. They've also renewed You, which is the Greg Belanti series about a sort of man 
that fairly obsessed with a woman he used kind of social networks and things to kind of stalk her essentially and get into her life so he can date the girl and it's it's a very sort of dark show apparently I'm not sure whether season one's actually come out yet but they've renewed it for a second season it was done originally in conjunction with the US network but they've dropped out so it's going to be a Netflix original for the second season The Good Place has been renewed for its fourth season which I don't think comes as a much of a shock either given that that's gone down extremely well and is up for all sorts of awards over on Amazon they've announced a premiere date for American Gods season 2 that's coming on the 11th of March so very advanced date for that that's the first episode and then they're putting new episodes out weekly after that so uh, yeah I'm sort of in two minds about the second season of that because I quite liked the first season but it ended on a very odd place it felt a bit like a mid-season thing when it ended and I was expecting a little bit more you know of a of a sort of push at the end and there wasn't one but uh, new season starts 11th of March for that and uh, Star Trek Discovery apparently has been extended by one episode so it's going from 13 to 14 episodes which is all good news because it's more Star Trek can't Mm. complain about that Wait, when is that coming back? Star Trek Discovery returns it's in January it is it must be soon because I keep thinking it must be like a week away and then it isn't so it must must be coming back soon Uh, 18th, 18th of January that is back Okay. So soon-ish, yes, that to look forward to also on Netflix. A lot of Netflix stuff this week. So sorry if you haven't got Netflix, but dude, go and get Netflix. Uh, <laughs> moving on, we've got uh, the announcement that the next series of Doctor Who won't be starting until early 2020, apparently. Have you watched any of this season? I have managed to watch three episodes. Yeah, well, that's, that's something. <laughs> it was difficult. Oh, you struggled with it, really? I'm really, really struggling with it. Which which um, episodes did you see? The first three. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm watching them in order. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Well. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a, a fair uh, criticism of it to, to give any opinion on it if I just watched three random so episodes. What um, are you struggling with, particularly? Is it uh, her? Plot, the pacing, the characterization, <laughs> the Ooh. script. Really not uh, a fan. Yeah, it's and I quite liked Torchwood. Yeah, although, you know, I need to probably rewatch that and see if that's rose-tinted glasses in any way. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really struggling with it, which I know is is quite an unpopular opinion. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because I posted this up on the site, and a lot of the comments, particularly on Facebook, were, "Oh, good, that means they've got time to get some decent scriptwriters in." So okay, it's not just me then, because whenever I've posted anything on the Facebook groups I'm part of, people have generally been coming up back at me and sort of saying they don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm sort of thinking, I'm I'm sure that I'm not imagining this, that it just isn't really. I mean, I do want to watch more of it to make sure it isn't just that it's taking a while to coalesce and, and get going but everyone in it is seasoned Chris Chibnall's worked on, on Doctor Who before he, he managed Torchwood like it seemed like something that should have been as good mm. as it was going to get yeah. from very early on um, so the fact I'm still struggling to get through the episodes three episodes in wasn't really something I expected I don't think it's the casting no um, no. I, I think it's everything else. Yeah, I mean, I like her. I mean, because the finale is now gone out, but we've got the Christmas special to come, but the finale's obviously gone out. I do like her. I actually didn't... Yeah, I quite liked those some of those earlier episodes, and I liked the certain things like they are going back and doing more historical stuff rather than just purely space stuff. And I, I quite like that they've made that decision to do that, because that's always traditionally what Doctor Who was. 
Um, so that yeah, I, he particularly seemed to like modern London recently, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> London and the, Cardiff. There was there was quite a lot of that going on in the more recent series. So I like the fact that they are going back and and they are actually using real historical characters and things like the Rosa Parks episode. I I really liked. I thought that was really good. But as it's gone on, I've I have struggled with some of the later episodes. So I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, the, the main reason that it's been 2020 is there were actually rumours came out last month that Chris Chibnall was possibly looking at leaving. And if he was going to go, that probably meant Jodie Whittaker would go as well. The viewing figures have been very, very strong for this season. So obviously the BBC were quite keen to keep them around. He's just been struggling with the schedule for it. And I mean, you've got to bear in mind that most of the other shows that he's done has been sort of six episode runs. They've not been like long 12, 13 episode seasons. So he, I think, has been struggling a little bit with the with the current episode count. There was talk at one point of doing maybe six episodes next year and six episodes the following year. So making it a shorter run. What they seem to have settled on is that it will come out in early 2020 instead. So I, I rather suspect that we've got this Christmas special, or sorry, we've got the New Year special, so that will come out in 2019. I rather suspect there may be a New Year special in 2020 as well. And then instead of being at the end of the series it may be at the start of the series so mm. and then there may be one in 2021 whatever happens there but i i mean it or the other possibility is they may do a new year special in 2020 and then run it back in its easter slot although that's stretching the definition of early slightly i would say but uh, the bbc are definitely saying the official thing says early 2020 so we'll we'll wait and see i i think maybe they don't want to pin it down yet because they don't know whether he's going to get everything done but uh, but i mean the viewing figures have been pretty good the first eight episodes had a consolidated audience of 8.4 million which is pretty yeah, decent yeah like a lot of people seem to to really love it i think one of the things that i feel about it that i there's definitely in the, the the episodes I have seen was that it felt very much like it was written aimed more at kids. Yes, I think that the is very true. The way the plot lines were approached and the way the character development was approached and ways everything's very spoon fed with the information and things. Um, it felt very much like a kids drama rather than a family drama or an adult bit of sci-fi yeah. and people sort of say about Doctor Who was like oh the old stuff was really silly and it's like it was but it wasn't intentionally silly or intentionally aimed at little children mm. it just had a big audience of families and children who were terrified of it and yeah. this sort of feels very much like it's aimed at kids to me and I think that was one of the things that maybe that's working for them and maybe Doctor Who will become very much more aimed at a much much younger audience and that will do well for them but it has meant that for people like me there just isn't quite enough going on with the stories mm. and the way it's presented just isn't really resonating or or giving me anything to really sink my teeth into yeah so i mean we'll, we'll see I think one of the things certainly with this series uh, has been the lack of that sort of overarching idea and plot that you've seen with quite a lot of the other shows. You know, things like the the stuff with Clara or the, the knocking thing that they had with David Tennant's final scene. You know, that, that sort of overarching story, or Bad Wolf, of course, being the big one, mm. that has been missing. So when they got to the finale last night, there was a callback, but it wasn't... 
it's not like you know it's like there's a, there's a first and last episode callback but the stuff in between was entirely interchangeable yeah it's just kind of the ones I've seen felt very episodic it felt yeah. very simple little self-contained plot lines there just wasn't that much kind of going on under the hood and that kind of came through in the script writing as well is it, it feels very much like you're watching something that's a kids TV show yeah. rather than a family or an adult's one I think that is probably a fair assessment of it I mean I, I've been okay with it but I think there is definitely room for improvement certainly from the from the plotting side of things um, yeah. and or they just cement that their audience is now aimed yeah. predominantly as a kids show that adults can also watch as opposed to it being what it was before yeah, which is fine if they want show. to change their audience and it works better for them yeah. and it's you know it's a great kids show then by, by all means yeah. but it does it does mean that there's not too much for, for me to yeah. be watching in it anymore as I say when I posted it it was quite interesting seeing some of the feedback that we that people yeah. were posting on the on Facebook about it so you're definitely not the only one that had that opinion okay cool I was starting to think I was I've been I've been quite sort of like cautious about saying like I don't really like the new Doctor Who because it just seems to be something that everybody else really loves at the moment that I've spoken to so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but boo because I wanted it to be good <laughs> maybe they'll just reclassify it as like a really good kids show and then it'll be fine yes yes maybe moving on we've got uh, news that uh, DC has a new movie in development and uh, out of all the superheroes they could pick up the one that they've decided to go with it would seem is Plastic Man the cheapest DC license they could acquire <laughs> yeah I, I just well I mean the thing is DC and Warner Brothers are kind of intertwined at this point You, I mean it really shouldn't yeah it's an interesting idea I mean I for those that don't know Plastic Man is is a character that started out in quality comics which was a comic that around in the 50s until it collapsed there was a few others like the Ray and Red Torpedo and Uncle Sam who were also on that and they all got swallowed up into the DC universe. He's got the sort of typical thing of being an orphan who fell into a life of crime. During a heist gone, gone wrong, he gets doused with unidentified chemical liquid that turns his body into the properties of rubber, allowing him to stretch, bounce and turn himself into any shape. Rather than stick to his criminal past, he then uses his power for good instead. That's the sort of setup. If that sounds vaguely familiar and you're a fan of The Flash, there are two stretchy people in the DC universe that Plastic Man and Elongated Man, which is Ralph yes, Diddley. Cu- cunningly named characters. And I think they name dropped Plastic Man in they The did. Flash as well I, around I think the time they, they had a, Elongated Man. Yeah, as a sort of suggestion as a name, I think they it was one of the uh, one of the things they, they talked about as well. So, yeah, that might have been it just as a, as a callback, yeah. As it, a sort um, of, yeah. It didn't work that incredibly well on The Flash because it's just, to do it on TV or on film visually, you can't get away from the fact it just looks really silly yeah i mean unless that is what they're kind of going for i i do wonder if they've maybe seen early cuts of shazam and are thinking well this comedy stuff seems to work let's go with that Mm. and the other thing is deadpool you know maybe they're thinking they can go they can make it quite dark and and, you know maybe you can in terms of or make it like an 18 rated very silly because he is one of those sort of characters that could be fourth wall breaking i mean 
mean, Grant Morrison had a run on Plastic Man and that was sort of when it took off. So I think maybe that that could be a route that they're possibly looking at going at. They've hired an up-and-coming writer called Amanda Idoko to pen the script for it. So you won't have seen anything else she's written. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one to go for. The character is sort of known. They've, they, they've never actually done a live-action version before, but he's been in numerous animated shows and he's had his own animated show in the sort of late 70s, early 80s. There was apparently an, a script written in the 90s by the Wachowskis, <laughs> which never made it to screen. Plastic Man. I wonder why. Which um, is, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, that would have been a... I can't imagine a Wachowskis-directed version of Plastic Man. No. I would be really interested to see what that script was. I feel that would it, be quite fantastic to read. It may, um, be, it may be floating around online somewhere, but yes, it is... I, um, I will need to find that. I'm just... Unless they do go for the, yeah, as you say, if it's going to go full comedy or dark comedy, because trying to do it in any serious way, as we've seen in the various, probably shouldn't ever be mentioned, Fantastic Four movies with Mr. Yes. Fantastic. It's just so difficult to do. Um, yes. But it could, it could be cool. And at least it's a character that is, uh, should I say, uh, malleable in the way you can <laughs> show him on screen because he's not as beloved and protected by fans as a lot of the other things that have been made into TV yeah. and film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I am surprised they're going straight to the big screen with him yes so who knows it's only in development at the moment they've hired a writer basically and it's very very common for scripts to get written I mean even by people like the Wachowskis as as I mentioned scripts get written and movies don't get made so uh, I mean if if Shazam ends up tanking then this is not going to go anywhere I'm fairly sure but we'll, we'll have to wait and see the DCU is is uh, or the DC Cinematic Universe is is a bit weird at the moment. We'll have to see what happens. Moving over to to back to Arrowverse as we were talking earlier about, they've got Jessica Mraz who was in Major Crimes. She has been cast as a character called Menagerie on Supergirl, which is a pretty interesting sounding character. It's a woman called Pamela. She's bonded to an alien warrior Kresh, which means she's basically covered in little alien beasties that she can control and sort of fire out at people and stuff. It's not really explained in the comic books in a, in a backstory how or when any of that happened, but uh, she's recruited by Manchester Black to be part of the Elite, which is a group of metahuman vigilantes who use brutally violent tactics to free the earth of scum, which I believe the, that is a route they're going down with Supergirl this season because Manchester Black has shown up and, and the Elite are going to be showing up. So she will be part of that team, apparently. But uh, yeah, that's kind of a deep cuts DC character as well that they've dug up for this. Mm, and she's a bit of a kind of anti kind yeah. of hero type one. She's not sort of like a straight up villain. She's more mm. of a symbiotic, independent kind of character yeah. that's probably a best way to describe her yeah which is the same sort of thing with Manchester Black I mean Manchester Black's been full villain in the past but he is far more a sort of anti-hero I think oh, certainly that's how they're using him on the uh, on Supergirl so well, would, would seem to fit in I don't know the actress at all I'm sure she'll be wonderful but yeah so be interested to see where they go with that have you kept up with any Arrowverse shows I'm not completely up to date on them another thing I should really have been watching I've been watching a, a lot of old 
old retro gaming documentaries of gaming historian and things like that on YouTube. I think it's because I've been sort of hauled up in in bed with the legs so I could elevate it. I've ended up on on YouTube a lot more than than usual. Um, I I need to need to charge on the Arrowverse as well. I've still got a few more weeks of not being able to walk properly. So this has definitely given me a good to-do list. Yes, give you a homework list at the end of this, maybe. (laughs) So yeah, and we've got the Elseworlds stuff coming next. Well, it starts this Thursday, actually, Elseworlds on, uh, on The Flash. So uh, that I'm very interested. Apparently there was a bit of a Smallville reference. So um, awesome. there was a little nod to Smallville in it. So um, yes, very interested to uh, to see that. Started air in America, so I'm trying to avoid all stories to do with Elseworlds now. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that. So that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have the interview. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The interview this week is with the stars of Counterpart, the uh, brilliant sci-fi series which is is running on Stars Play, the Amazon Prime channel. We got a chance to have a chat with Olivia Williams, Harry Lloyd and Nicholas Pinnock. If you haven't seen Counterpart yet, it's a spy thriller that stars J.K. Simmons as a man called Howard Silk, who is apparently a low-level bureaucrat at a seemingly innocuous UN agency called the Office of Interchange, or OI, He's uh, trudging through his latter years in life, filled with regret. That is until he discovers that the agency is hiding a secret that is protecting a gateway to a parallel universe. So Olivia Williams plays Emily Silk slash Burton, the wife and confusingly ex-wife of Howard Silk, and is way more involved in the spy games that initially seems. Harry stars as Peter Quayle, who is the alpha, aka our side, because they they described our side as the alpha side and the other side is Prime. So he's the Alpha OI Director of Strategy and Nicholas plays Ian Shaw who is housekeeping operative on the Prime side, so that's the other side, and former boyfriend of Emily Prime. You can tell this is going to start getting very confusing after a while. Olivia Williams you will probably know from Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. She played the boss in that. She was also the wife of Bruce Willis in The Sixth Sense as well. Uh, Harry Lloyd was Rhaenyra's Targaryen in Game of Thrones and Nicholas Pinnock you would probably recognised from Fortitude and Marcella. So uh, here's the interrogation with the various spies from that. Warning, there are spoilers for season one, a few spoilers for season one in this interview. So uh, yes, just be aware of that if you haven't watched season one yet. Here's the interview. Hi all. Hi. Thank you for spending a little bit of time to talk to me today. You're welcome. Fire away. (laughs) Olivia, let's start with you first, because out of the three of you, you're the one that that has a a, um, alpha and prime character that we know of at the moment i mean although you spent most of the first season in a coma <laughs> uh, yeah 
at the end of the sort of season we see her wake up um i've seen the first couple of episodes of the new season so we do know that she's going to be walking around a little bit uh how is it how is it actually getting to play that character properly for the first time well in a way i'm not playing the character that was hit by a car because i wake up and that person has been wiped from the hard drive so my challenge was my thrilling uh, research which I love doing was into people who have suffered total memory loss um, which you know from the sort of uh, pretentious actor's point of view was a joy to explore um, exactly what kind of memory loss she has she has difficulty reading and she has words random words which she can't grab hold of but from a sort of uh from the since you're from a show with the word geek in it the geek uh, <laughs> angle on it that's thrilling is that that the woman that was hit by a car knows information that is the kind of linchpin to season two so both emily burton from the other side and the woman who wakes up who can't remember anything are in search of the woman who was hit by the car and it's a kind of pincer movement gradually these two people are trying to find out who she was and what she knew so that was a complete thrill to get to play um and the woman who who wakes up who's such an innocent you know she's a sort of 50 year old um child um everybody's coming to her and sort of saying um Remembered anything yet? Anything you wanted to tell us at all? Um, which uh, and she develops a, a very intuitive sense of who is lying and who is genuine. So uh, yeah, that was that was my incredibly interesting acting challenge this season. So so you're effectively kind of playing end up playing three versions of the same character as if this show wasn't confusing enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And I did need a bit of, you know, sort of Justin therapy occasionally. Going, Who am I? Why am I here? Uh, but no, it was a joy. It's a joy. And I would, I, you know, I can't believe I got the chance to do it. It's a bit of a dream come true, really, for an actor. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Harry, you've had an interesting journey as well, because although we don't know anything about your counterpart, your character's gone from being this sort of smarmy, privileged, guy into somebody who basically everything can fall apart for at, at any moment now so how yeah. was it you know, the evolution of that character I kind of get the sense that he's someone who's never really been out of his comfort zone and now not only is he out of his comfort zone every step he takes he's he's, <laughs> he's in this he's about to lose his life of privilege his job his wife his marriage his child he is he's on his own and there's a man who's never really been on his own before and I think we're going to learn what he he's made of I don't think he knows himself Mm. I don't think he's ever really been challenged and so the beginning of season two he's still trying to have it both ways he's got his uneasy alliance with his wife he's trying to make this fake new alliance with this new character that Betty Gabriel plays in terms of finding his wife he's stalling for time he's pretending to catch Lambert but he's not really and all we can know for sure is that this is not going to last very long and that going to hit the fan <laughs> then Nicholas Nicholas you've got again no counterpart that we know of at the moment so where do we find your character in the second season so Shaw kind of goes on a bit of a journey by himself you know we see him confronting um, I think if you saw it in episode two um, elements from his past and his past comes to kind of catch up with him really in mm. um, 
various ways. About all I can say, and I don't even know if I should have said that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you've just been chucked by Emily. <laughs> yes, Emily, you got dumped. So he's a uh, he's a bit of a, a lonesome figure, and um, love is a, a is a big element in his story. Yeah, I mean, I'm very interested to know whether we're going to. I know you can't tell me, but I I would be very interested to know if we we are going to see his counterpart at, at some point. Do you know anything about the counterparts, even though they've not shown up on screen? We, um, from season one, all knew who our counterparts were and what they were doing, even um, though they weren't all revealed. Um, yeah. So um, we, we do know them, yeah, absolutely. Right, OK. So I'm going to help Nicholas out here, because you went through the screen. Um, what's extraordinary about his story is that Emily Burton chucks him, but then realises very quickly that she needs him professionally. So having just said, you're chucked, she then goes around his apartment and says, but I need your help on this incredibly impossible mission. Yeah. And that is where he has to decide whether he's going to stay involved with someone he cares about professionally and emotionally. And, uh, and he is then that makes him incredibly vulnerable for the rest of the the season and then there's a whole other plot which he's been very discreet about <laughs> what did you say <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have ever have problems trying to keep the plot line straight in your head because you're dealing with like two different versions of of characters or as you said Olivia sort of almost three different versions of the character do you find it easy to to keep that sort of plot going in your head and does it get confusing sometimes on set which versions you're dealing with it's very easy because my costumes are colour coded so if I'm going I'm wearing brown I must be the one that's lost their memory um, <laughs> but the uh, we have a wonderful director in episode one called Charles who came on set and would say you have just come here from the office of interchange you have just been shot in the arm in this you know yeah, and we'll really place you at that moment where you should be and that needed to happen. And then, um, as Harry says, uh, that Justin is an open door and, you know, you go to him and sort of say, um, the, the one thing I can't do, I can keep track of my character, but I have very, very, very uh, loose grasp on what's happening to other people. Here's <laughs> <laughs> Harry. It's just about when there's a lot of different things happening at the same time. I think it was a really good idea for season two that episode one is set entirely on this side and episode two is entirely on the other side and yeah. I think it's three is when it actually so one and two is really setting up where we are now in this very uneasy piece now the doors are closed the other side is not acknowledging this body everyone knows that Indigo are kind of the antagonists but no one's really taking responsibility we look like we're on a very slippery slope to all out war but no one's really saying it and management itself, it seems, can't be trusted. But we're setting that up. We, we, I think one and two very cleverly separate it. And then three is when we start linking the storylines, and that's when the thriller aspect kind of kicks in again. And so I've, I've always just thought, yeah, actually, Justin's got a brilliant sense of to structure. He knows how to write a 10-episode movie, for want of a better word. Mm. Uh, and this, uh, I thought last year, one, two, and three kind of set it up. Four, five, six led to the big twist. Seven was the flashback. Eight, nine, ten were off. And similarly, there's a slightly different musicality to it but it's it's got a wonderful kind of flow to it when you see it all together yeah you mentioned management there and uh, up until now we've only really seen management uh, as this sort of disembodied set of cameras on its weird device thing we're gonna get to see a bit 
more of the management now, I think. So do you want to just uh, just talk a, a bit about uh, sort of dealing with that side of things? Who told you that? Are we allowed to talk about this? Uh, you do see a bit more of that in the second episode of the new season. I don't yeah, know how well, much you... It's completely, it's completely brilliantly done and brings in this other generation. You know, so much of our politics that we're dealing with now in the world mm. are to do with what are my parents... You know, I'm 50 and my what my parents did or my parents' generation did. And that's what Justin, you know, is not intimidated by producers and is prepared to put octogenarian actors on screen and have them have an incredibly important role in what happens in this drama and the choices they made. You know, I, I, I was in a series with Harry uh, about the uh, invention of the first atomic weapon about Los Alamos. And, uh, but, you know, what those guys did on that mountaintop 50 years ago is, is, has brought us to this place. And, and, um, and Justin explores that in this season. I don't think I'm telling too many spoilers by saying that. No, 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 I think you're okay. Production design throughout the show, I think, is is really fascinating because you've got this sort of, you know, our technology seems a bit more advanced than than theirs. And uh, uh, one, one thing that has slightly bugged me all the way through is the old office computers on our side of the the line. Uh, they're the sort of old CRT monitors. Is that is it ever explained why we why the office used those sort of old equipments? Yes. Yeah, because every piece of equipment that we have now can be hacked. And actually, when the American embassy was built in Berlin, yes, they ended up writing to each other on pieces of paper with pencil because the place was so bugged and so completely rigged that no other form of communication could be guaranteed that it couldn't be listened into. Harry is so desperate to speak to you, he's actually snatching the phone out. <laughs> Also, because at the point of departure, when these two worlds kind of split and they ended up forming the Office of Interchange, the technology remained along this baseline. So we still have the same 1989 IBM computers because that's what we both share. Since then, they had to spend all their money into medicine technology to deal with the flu. Our side turned out, as it has on this side, and smartphones and Apple and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the, com- the computers that we had the shared files on, it deliberately set pre-split, as it were, yeah. uh, which also then gives it this kind of Cold War aesthetic. But there is a kind of a plot reason for it. So if there was another parallel world you could visit, what's the one change you'd like to see compared to here? World peace, no conflict. <laughs> yeah, the one, yeah, the one where, I don't know, which invention has f***ed it up? Do you think it was the atomic one? Uh, I was just thinking about Brexit. I thought we could probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. Actually, can we just do without 2016, I think, isn't it? 2016. Yeah. yeah. everything up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We get Prince back as well, I think, if we take out 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And Bowie. And Bowie. And, and Alan Rickman as well. So. <laughs> awesome. Okay, that, that's it. I think we've all agreed on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remove 2016. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you for spending a little bit of time to chat. It's thank been lovely. I'm looking forward to watching the rest thank of the next you. season. Great question. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. So that was the interview with Olivia Williams, Harry Lloyd, and Nicholas Pinnock. Counterparts season one and the first episodes of season two are available on the Amazon Prime channel. Stars play. It's supposed to be coming to Virgin as well, that yet, but I believe they were having some technical difficulties with it launching, so I'm not sure if it's gone up yet. Yet. 
All new episodes of it will land every Sunday. Stars Play is an add-on channel for Amazon Prime Video, so it costs an extra $4.99 a month on top of the normal Prime subscription. You can sort of pay for it for a couple of months and take it off. So uh, Counterparts on there and Mr. Mercedes, the Brendan Gleeson, Harry Treadaway drama is on there as well. So it's worth getting for a few months just to watch those two. Now we've got some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. Madam Secretary is back on Sky Witness for its fifth season. That's on the 13th of December at 9pm. The show you're probably more interested in, though, Travellers. Season three of that comes to Netflix on the 14th of December. Have you watched any of this yet? Another one that I forgot was oh, on you, my to-watch list. Useless. I'm just basically <laughs> useless right now. Um, to all the listeners, I'm thing sorry. You do I'm effectively sit- <laughs> going to be fired any minute if you never hear from me again <laughs> on this podcast podcast it's because I've very rightly been kicked off for being stuck at home for a month and not watching enough TV yes, totally although in my defense it does take me about two hours just to get to the supermarket around the corner and back. <laughs> yes there is that there is you need like wheel <laughs> you need like wheels or something you need one maybe maybe a segue maybe a segue something like that that's what uh, you want. <laughs> like some kind of rocket pack and a hoverboard although given ha- given how much you fall over things without wheels i'm not entirely sure i'm giving That's you why wheels it needs rpgs on it so sort to of clear the way training yeah. things so I'm yeah probably tra- the only person that could fall over on a segway that's very true travelers season three that's coming to netflix on the 14th of december brilliant brilliant time traveling sci-fi series if you've not seen that uh, stars eric mccormack from will and grace in a very very different role so uh, well worth watching though also on netflix fuller house season four of that which is a continuation of Full House that's coming on the 14th of February as well then another reason to get Stars Play Castle Rock the show based around the Stephen King multiverse that's coming to Stars Play that's on the 14th of December for that I'm very much looking forward to watching that as well and uh, for all you RuPaul Drag Race fans RuPaul Drag Race All Stars season 4 of that comes on the 15th of December at uh, 1.35am apparently so that's the all-star version of RuPaul's Drag Race and if you if you are a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race the holiday slaytacular that holiday special is is apparently now on Netflix should you wish to go and watch it so that's everything I think we've got this week unless you've got anything else you want to add in no just generally apologising for my own uselessness I think this week <laughs> as you should uh, <laughs> yeah as, as I should so you know this being presumably my last ever appearance uh, on the podcast <laughs> due to having not watched enough telly um yeah i should say goodbye dear listeners um, no not really um, no, but yeah you if you want to back. see if you, if you want to see the video for marvel avengers station that is on the geek town website uh with the accompanying article and i should probably write you an article as well for the uh numbskull pac-man yes you probably mini should as well i should have done that but again useless <laughs> getting fired any second um <sighs> In my defence, I'm basically having to eat painkillers like candy right now. Uh, um, uh, I'll, I'll bring that sympathy, violin back sympathy, now. The yeah. Tiny, yeah, the tiny violin <laughs> needs to be back. Tiny, and, and if there was a video, I'd be looking longingly out into the distance and there'd be rain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'd be yeah. hopping comically along. Yes. Um, but yeah, and if people want to see any of my other videos and whatnot that I do, uh, it's all under Trista Bytes, spelt like computer bite, because I thought I was being clever. And I'm on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes, so go and check those out. And uh, yeah, you can stop the violin music now. Uh, so go, <laughs> che- go check I those I deserve and- more violin music. <laughs> I'm lonely stuck in my house on my own. <laughs> 
Oh dear. So if you want to get in touch with us with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, at YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. Going into the Geektown Awards, geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. You can also find us on Spotify. Just search for Geektown Radio. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Bye. I love how you have no sympathy, me. No sympathy, dude. You, you are, you are a cold-hearted boss. <laughs> no, no sympathy. Well, it's funnier to take the piss. So you know. Oh, well, that's what counts, then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, far, far, far funnier to take the piss. I'm British. We don't do sympathy. <laughs> Yeah. If you were, if you were actually kind of yeah, yeah you'd lost yeah, a, yeah. if you'd Back actually pedal. lost Back a pedal. leg, Back if you'd actually pedal. lost a leg, then you know Back maybe. But, but it's if one, I actually lost a leg, I'd be currently building a cyborg leg with actual that, rockets and RPGs and yes, everything that is in true. it. That's a and then thought. you wouldn't be taking the piss because you'd be scared of my robot cyber leg. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that is quite a frightening thought. Although, I mean, to be fair, I might have more sympathy if you had actually gone to A&E or gone to the doctor had it checked out when everybody said go and get it checked out rather than walking around on it for two months two weeks I'm uh-huh. only I'm only a quarter as stupid as that okay two weeks. fair enough still anyway there's so. your outtakes if you want them <laughs> <laughs> yes cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com